When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lori and our special guest host, John Bream from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Music critic, one of the best out there. Having a great music-filled show today, right guys? We really are. And um, want to remind everybody that when you hear a pink, the Pink song, Raise Your Glass, if you're the seventh caller, you will win tickets to go see Pink next August 10th at Target Field. So Beautiful just show. be listening for and I that. Think tickets go on sale for that Monday, Monday November Monday 21st. Morning. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. John, let's talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Speaking of which, Pink was there doing some inductions. Oh, I, I mean, you were there and you haven't been in such a long time. Were you happy that the paper uh, ponied up the dough to send you? Well, actually, <laughs> I ponied up the dough to send me. You but, did? Yeah. Couldn't miss it. I mean, I've covered Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis for their entire career, 40 years, and you got to be there for the crowning moment. Yeah, they were in. How? What's their induction? What's the what's their officially called? What were they? Uh, they were inducted for musical excellence. Mm-hmm. So there's different categories, performers, and people vote for the performers. I'm one of the voters. There's about a thousand voters. Mm-hmm. And then there's the musical excellence category, the early influences category, and then the Ahmed Erdogan Award. Ahmed is one of the co-founders of the Hall of Fame, and he was the co-founder of Atlantic, Atlantic Records. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The performers are voted in. There's about a thousand people that vote. It's it's journalists and music experts and historians and all previous inductees get to vote. And then the rest of the categories are determined by a board of directors. Okay, yeah. And I, you had a great story uh, a couple of weeks ago about Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And really, when I was reading your story, was, it is amazing what they have done in the music world, their contribution. <laughs> Well, they're the most successful producing team in the history of popular music. Um, <laughs> they've done 16 number one hits on the on Billboard's Hot 100, which is the pop chart. Yeah. They've had 26 number ones on the R&B chart. They've gotten more, received more than 100 gold and platinum albums. They've had number one songs for three consecutive decades. They've had top 10 songs for four consecutive decades. They're just hugely successful. The only producers that have produced more number one pop songs are George Martin, the Beatles maestro, Mm -hmm. and the other Martin, Max Martin, who's worked with Katy Perry and Taylor Swift and Britney and just about everyone else. I I think somebody's ears are burning right now. Jimmy is Jimmy Jam is on the phone. Jimmy Jam? Hey. 
Hey, hey, how are you doing? Did, were your ears burning listening to uh, John Bream talk about you and Lewis and getting in? I was having him explain about, you know, okay, I, I we were blown away when we read his story on you guys of like how, what you've done. And then John just started, yeah, they're the most successful. And boom, your ears were burning and you called us. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, nice to be talked about and, uh, you know. We've done a few things. We look. I always like to say we looked upon a few here and there, so it's all good. Yeah, and and I mean, what was that night like for you? Um, and we're going to see it on Saturday night. I don't know if we'll see your, you, you know, you guys getting in, but what was that evening like for you? It was amazing. It was, um, you know, we really didn't know what to expect. I mean, I had been to a couple of the ceremonies when Janet went in a few years ago. I went to that ceremony, and last year. Um, Clarence Avon, who is kind of the guy that was our, he's, he's known as the Black Godfather. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually a documentary on Netflix that explains kind of his yes. life. But I, I went in to see him, to, to watch him go in. So um, I kind of knew kind of what it was, but the feeling of it as it built up, because it was announced you know earlier in the year, so we really weren't paying a lot of attention, but then the final week before, when everything started kind of wrapping up, it was uh, uh, pretty overwhelming, actually. Um, I, I really felt like I was floating and my feet weren't even touching the ground. It was just such a kind of euphoric experience. My dad always likes to use the word euphoric. That's what it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be in the company of people who I grew up with admiring, and uh, it, it was just it, it's really tough to explain um, how it felt, but um, but it, it did feel like we we belonged, and and I think I joked um, to the press room because I said we qualify for two reasons: one, I'm a rock and roll Jeopardy champion, <laughs> and two, my dad played on the first rock and roll record made in the Twin Cities. I said so that gives me the lineage to to get in besides all of the other stuff. That's right. Silver by Augie Garcia. That's yes. right. And of course your dad, Cornbread yeah. Harris, love, you love him. Has played around. Now he's at Palmer's, but yes, uh, that that's so cool. Um, and John, thank you for uh, arranging this special call in. Oh, of course we, we got to have jam on, you know, for two reasons. One, because the hall of fame rebroadcast will be this Saturday on HBO at, at 7 o'clock Central. What is it, three hours, three and a half out of the five and three-quarter hour program will be shown? <laughs> yeah, I think they're, I think what I had heard is they were trying to cut it to three hours is what they had agreed upon, but they were trying to actually add a half hour. So it's going to be somewhere between three and three and a half hours, but very much like the Grammys. Yeah. Um, so pretty pretty much we'll, we'll get uh, Janet's introduction speech of you, Terry's acceptance speech, and we'll not hear your speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think you'll I, I think you'll hear a bit of ours. And the only reason I think that is because um, on the snippets that they've kind of let out, um, they do have Terry's speech, part of his speeches in there. Cool. So because that's kind of what they're teasing out, I suspect probably a little bit of our speech will, will make it in. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. The second reason we're having you on, of course, is the Grammy nominations were announced today, and you're very active with with the Grammys. Former chairman of the board of the Recording Academy. Now you're um, in charge of the Television Committee, a prominent member on that committee. Um, how do you make the transition from the the afterglow, the high of of the Rock Hall of Fame to Zoom? We got to be in talking all these Grammy nominations today. What was that like for yeah. you? 
Well, and obviously this is the first year that this has happened because I've never gone into the Rock Hall of Fame and then, you know, a week and a half later, uh, you know, starting off the journey of the television show uh, for the Grammys. But uh, so this is a first for me. But um, it's actually a lot of fun because um, it's, you know, what's the saying? It's better to give than to receive. I love giving out Grammys. I've had the opportunity to do it probably the last, I want to say 10 or 15 years on the, what we call the premier telecast, which is the ones that go out beforehand. And then a couple of years ago, I was honored to give the, what ended up being the record winning Grammy to Beyonce mm-hmm. uh, when she broke the record for the most, uh, you know, uh, wins, Grammy wins. Um, but it's a, it's a fun transition. Um, you know, it's fun to, you know, congratulate everybody that's getting nominated and, and that, and then starting the whole process of the show. Um, and the show is interesting because if you think about the timing of what we're doing, we're literally having today we had our first meeting about putting a show together. But if you think about it, we have the Thanksgiving holiday that happens. Then we have the Christmas holiday uh, that happens, uh, you know, the last two weeks of the year. So even though it seems like it should be plenty of time to put a show together, you can basically erase two or three weeks off the time frame because everybody goes. They're either on vacation. Uh, the industry literally shuts down in the record industry. Uh, and the music industry. So um, it's a tough show to put together, but it's always very rewarding uh, in the results. And it starts with nominations, and I think the nominations this year are pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and I think, so that's always the, the foundation of a good show, is if the nominations are good, then that's where we start pulling, uh, you know, the talent from and, and start asking and inquiring, you know, what would you like to, would you like to be on the show? What would you like to do on the show? Yeah. Those types of things and start the creative discussions. Um, Jam, can you stay with us? Because we have to take a quick break. Um, Okay, that would be so wonderful. Uh, We're talking with uh, Jimmy Jam Harris. Uh, Thanks, John Bream, for setting this up. Uh, We're very excited. We'll be right back. Thanks uh, for hanging out with us. We are surprised by John Bream today. He arranged for Jimmy Jam Harris of... uh, Harrison Lewis to call in today and we're talking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and we're talking about the Grammys because you're on the committee and Jam, I gotta say, I was like, oh, what if Bruce could open the show and sing uh, Do I Love You? Indeed I Do, but you know what? He's on tour. <laughs> so. He is on tour and that's the other thing when you start talking about trying to schedule things. Uh, we had actually tried to get him last year to do something um and just you know but we were still dealing with a lot of COVID challenges right the jury's out on whether on what we're going to be dealing with this year because it's you know it's ever changing but um that's a lot of times there's all kind of logistical things that happen people go on tour the other thing last year was we ended up moving our date yes so a lot of people had right they had had put their you know open the date to do it and then when we moved uh dates then they weren't able to uh to do it so it's always a an interesting puzzle to put together, but uh, we'll figure it out. Oh, I have no doubt. Well, here's a challenging <laughs> puzzle for you, Jimmy. When I looked Uh-oh. over the awards, one of the surprises to me were was the lack of love for country music in the big four categories. No, no Morgan Wallen for album of the year. No Laney Wilson or Zach Bryan for best new artist. How will you guys deal with that in terms of what you're going to present on the show? Obviously, country would probably be a part of it. Yeah, well, country will definitely be a part of it. And while, uh, as you said, it wasn't uh, recognized in the uh, the big four categories, as we call them, uh, country was very well uh, represented and will be represented on the show for sure. 
Um, I think that's one of the differences you have now, um, now that the, uh, as they were called, the secret committees no longer exist. Um, it is truly the vote uh, of the membership, mm-hmm. of the total voting membership of what it is. And so I think from year to year, it's going to just vary. I mean, I think you could have a year, uh, you know, next year, for instance, where it could be, you know, maybe two country or three country in in one of the big four categories and maybe lacking another uh, uh, genre of music, because it is kind of a cyclical thing, uh, as it turns out. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's always, once again, it's a challenge because until we get the nominations, we don't really know yeah, how yeah. we're going to book the show. Mm-hmm. But there is, there are some good things in the, in the country category, obviously. So you will definitely see country on the show. I mean, for, for as someone who considers herself a professional award watcher, the Grammys <laughs> is bar none the most fun award show because it's heavy on performances and then the presenters that present are great. So, I mean, in... In my eyes, I just love the Grammys, so you, I just think it's such a great, fun night. Well, putting a lot of music on television is one of the things we try to do. Um, I think we've done a better job in recent years mm-hmm. uh, of telling the stories uh, behind the awards. I know we did that a couple of years ago where we took, I think it was Record of the Year, and we actually told stories, little short stories, of yeah. each of the people that was there. So but there's a little bit of a rooting interest that happens, but also a little bit of, you know, the, the artist is human beings and, and why the Grammy means so much to them. Um, so we have the opportunities to do that. So I would look for maybe some of those types of things also, because yeah. um, I think the story behind the artist is also important as you're watching the performances and, you know, rooting for the award. Yeah. And I always want Cher to please be invited. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's always invited. It's just whether she gets nominated or not. Right. Right. She's always, uh, you know, but she's, uh, no, she's, she's a favorite of ours for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see what, what else? What well, else? well, it's interesting mm-hmm. uh, to me, Jimmy is, is the demographic breakdown. If you look at uh, album of the year category, you get obviously some acts that appeal to the younger demographic like Lizzo and Beyonce and, and Harry Styles and Bad Bunny would be in there. And then you've, yes. you've got, uh, you know, some of the, I would guess, more heritage acts, you know, ABBA and Mary J. Blige, Coldplay, Kendrick appeals to the younger acts. you got Adele and, and Brandi Carlisle who are younger artists but appeal across the board. So it's interesting yep. to see how that all breaks down. And, and as you said, without the um, the Blue Ribbon Committees determining these finalists, these are the, the actual um, broad membership of the Recording Academy coming up with this yeah. diverse and broad slate. Yeah, and, and, you know, and as a peer... Uh, award. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP podcast.com 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Meaning that it's the people that are in the industry that are voting for their peers. It's why it's so important to make sure that the membership is diverse uh, in age and in, in race and in uh, just in all ways, so that when you get your albums of the year, your records of the year, that there is a reflection of, as you said, the heritage acts, the younger acts, uh, the different genres, whether it's hip hop or, or uh, you know, R&B or, you know, whatever, you know, however it shakes out. So I think we have that this year, but I think the challenge is year round to make sure that the membership is diverse in a way that really reflects uh, so that when you get the awards, uh, uh, the nominations, it reflects kind of the uh, diversity of the membership. And I think we're moving towards that, which is encouraging to see. Yeah. When you saw the nominations, what was the biggest surprise to you? Surprise. Um, I honestly was not surprised. I'm trying to, I'm actually taking a look here. I have a, uh, a cheat sheet, as we call it. Yeah. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm trying to think if there's something that really surprised me. I thought everything was pretty much where it would be. Like we, I think in my mind, I if I was betting, I, I Beyonce would have been there, Kendrick would have been there, Adele would have been there, Harry Styles would have been there. Uh, those would be the the sure ones for me. And then I'm happy, obviously, Lizzo. Um, I'm happy to see Khaled in there. I'm happy to see Mary J. Blige mm-hmm. in there. Uh, happy to see Taylor Swift in there. Um, and Bad Bunny. I mean. I don't know. We, I mean, those are the people who I yeah. kind of would think would be there. We were so surprised about ABBA. That's the one ABBA, that's Okay, so ABBA would be a surprise, <laughs> but the only reason that's not true, wasn't really a, truly a surprise to me, was last year uh, there was a lot of kind of ABBA buzz. Right. And um, so it just kind of carried you know forward into this year. But there was I felt a lot of that last year. So it wasn't totally surprising to me but i guess yes if i was going to say surprise that may be the, the biggest surprise yeah. uh and me. the fact that they've never That's won that. one before maybe <laughs> right. people think hey yeah. it's, it's over exactly yeah jam thank you so much congratulations on the rock and roll hall of fame we'll be watching on hbo on saturday night can't wait to watch awesome. the grammys and see what kind of uh, amazing show you guys put together and just thanks for your time Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks. We'll talk to John. Thank you. That was really exciting. Ah, when we come back, who knows? We're going to find out what's happening on the roads first. Uh, we're playing a little Dolly Parton because John Bream, two weeks ago, was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, and you got to see Dolly Parton, and we will get to see her uh, if we watch the HBO thing on saturday night but man she looked amazing she always looks amazing she was in amazing spirits she explained uh, she didn't think she was rock and roll didn't want to be on the ballot then got elected and her husband's a big rock and roll fan so she's putting out a rock album it's and did she done. sing a rock song she sang a yeah. new song brand new written ian had a line in it about i got in the rock and roll hall of fame and about how she'll be rocking till the cows come home oh my gosh and she changed outfits into like a real rock and roll like outfit. a leather 
Well, it's a leather look. I, I'll leave it to you to decide whether okay. it was really leather. But yeah, it was this black leather look thing, mm-hmm. you know, with chains and oh, I love and it. jewels, and it, it it was Dolly. Yeah. And then for the at the end of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction every year, they always have a jam where a lot of the performers who had been inducted get out there and sing, and, and it was also some of the presenters. So they had uh, Jolene. You know, usually it's a big rock and roll song. Jolene's not exactly a rock mm-hmm. song, but everyone seems to know it. They got up there and sang it. To me, the um, the funniest part was when Rob Halford, the lead singer of Judas Priest, who is gay, gets up there and singing with Dolly at the same mic, Please Don't Take My Man. Man, oh my gosh. And everyone, like Brandy, who, Pink, was she up there? Yeah. Everyone? They were all up there singing. Oh Olivia my. Rodrigo. Oh, my gosh. Um, who else was up there? The only person who didn't was a no-show was Alanis Morissette, who was supposed to have um, saluted Carly Simon. Carly was not there at oh, all. Oh, she was. You know, oh, her, her, her two, two sisters, sisters had just passed away. And, I, a and day I think, apart. Yeah, I think she was still grieving. Mm-hmm. She didn't show, and Alanis was supposed to be there, and something happened at rehearsal, and she posted something that was a little vague on Instagram talking about the sexism in the industry and the way she was treated and this, that, and the other. So apparently she was offended by something that happened to her at the rehearsal. Oh, and wow. she bailed, and so Olivia... Rodrigo sang the song all by herself. You're Sylvain? Correct. Did Was it good? Did you like her version? Well, yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, it, it's not like they changed up the song much. Okay, so she just sang it straight But, but there were a lot of great performances. Duran Duran was really good. Um, Judas Priest was really strong. Pat Benatar still brings it. But to me, the two best performances of the night of the inductees Eurythmics, three-song medley wearing matching faux snakeskin black suits. Mm. And boy, they sounded great. I haven't heard them for years. They sounded really, really good. And without question, the performing highlight was Eminem. He did a medley of about six songs. Oh, yeah. And I'm backstage watching this on a TV monitor in the press room. And so you don't see what's happening on the full stage. All of a sudden, Steven Tyler comes out singing Dream On, mm-hmm. which he sampled in an Eminem song, and he sings that. Then later, out of nowhere, Ed Sheeran comes out to sing Stan, the Dido part on Stan. Yeah. And oh, it, it wow. was just amazing. And it was a little over 10 minutes long, which was longer than most of the other medleys. But Eminem was so ferocious, so fierce. He just brought it. Started out with My Name Is. I mean, it, it, it was just terrific. It, I mean, it reminded you why he was so great. And he was introduced by... Dr. Dre, Dre, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, after Jolene, and this seems weird because it was like anticlimactic, then Springsteen, who had been a presenter of Jimmy Iovine, the guy who did the Beats headphones and was a was an engineer on, one, on some of the early Springsteen projects, and then later became a, a producer and a head of Interscope Records. Bruce inducted him, just as he had inducted U2 and Bob Dylan before. And John Mellencamp, inducted Alan Grubman, who's a lawyer to the superstars. And so at the end of the show, we got Mellencamp and Springsteen doing a tribute to Jerry Lee Lewis, who just passed away a few days earlier. Great Balls of Fire? Great Balls of Fire, yeah. And Roy Bitten from the E Street Band on piano. Was it great? It was pretty exciting. Ah, 
I can't wait. I'm going to DVR this. Uh, I can't wait to watch some of these performances. Yeah, Grandpa Springsteen, Grandpa Mellencamp. <laughs> they, go, they go, were there. go, go, yeah. Springsteen. Oh, that's funny. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. And were there was there anything that was a, a just a flat-out disappointment or anything that you were kind of like, oh, geez, this isn't very good? Um, No, and Lionel Richie was good. Mm-hmm. Um, Who inducted I, Lionel? Lenny Kravitz. Yes, oh. yes, yes, yes. Looking hot as ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll tune in for that, and you'll, yeah. you'll stop that on your, your DVR. We've, we met him in person. Um, and I he heard you still talking about it. Yeah, yes. yeah, we are. We're like, Prince says hi, and that's when he finally turned and looked and waved at us, and then we were just like, he's so tiny. Well, he's a little bigger than Prince was. Yeah, but he's... He was... Yeah, but he looks so big on stage. You're giving away a little too much personal information. You <laughs> <laughs> got no. really close. Yeah, no, I mean, he's like 5'7", you guys, maybe 5'6". Yeah. Well, hey. That's in his heels. Yeah, I know, I know, but he's slender. He's a slender, muscular guy. Yeah, I guess the only disappointing thing was that um, that Carly Simon didn't show up. Yeah. But I didn't expect her to show up, especially mm-hmm. after the tragedy with her losing her two, two sisters, and mm-hmm. now she's the only Simon child left she lost her brother years ago mm-hmm. and she's always had stage fright i didn't expect she'd perform it would have been nice for her to accept it but i totally understood it under the circumstances yeah and yeah sarah Bareilles also sang a carly simon song she did and who inducted dolly who inducted dolly yeah uh pink, pink yeah. oh it was pink, pink. that's right yeah, yeah, that's there, right there's just like i have this little part of just what pink said about dolly right before it's like a couple seconds okay. so you can hear this Her life's work to me is a narrative, a painful, beautiful, poetic, melodic commentary on what it's like to be human and on what it's like to be a woman in America. Thank you, Pink. And then this is Dolly. I'm a rock star now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, this is a very, very, very special night for me. I'm sure a lot of you knew that back when they said they were going to put me in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I didn't really feel like I had done enough to deserve that. And I didn't uh, understand at the time that it's about a little more than that. But I'm just honored and so proud to be here tonight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just a little quick update there. I like that. Yeah, it's what you said earlier. You mentioned that, John. That's exactly kind of what she realized, and that's cool. But John Bream, explain to me how it is that Cher is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I know she says she doesn't give a you-know-what about it, and she doesn't need any damn Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But honestly, how is that possible? Well, she hasn't been on the ballot as a solo artist. There's there's a nominating committee, and you can only vote for people that are that are nominated on the ballot. There's no write-ins. I voted for I all the years they've had voting. I have voted, and she's never been on the ballot. She's one of many oversights. A lot of women have been oversights. Yeah, Dan Warwick's been on the ballot. I think she belongs in. Sade has never been on the ballot. I think she belongs in. Alanis sure. Morissette hasn't been on yeah. the ballot. It, she's only recently eligible, but she belongs. And there's there's a lot of women that have been left but, out. But Cher is 76 years old. Sunny and Cher. I mean, does it get any more rock and roll than Cher? Come on now. I just, that one just, I can't I think understand. That now that Dolly has gotten in, maybe that'll open a door for Cher. Who knows? It's just really play the shame thing again on that one. And Cher has a very funny shame. quote about that. Um 
about what she says about being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't I don't need I don't need the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to know I'm rock and roll or something like that, yeah. you know, if she's just kinda like I don't think she wants to be in an institution anyway. Yeah, I know. No, jeez, I love her so much. You know, her and Dolly. I don't her, Dolly and Mick, they're just like the, you know, the trinity there for me. I don't know what's going to happen when anything happens to him. Wow, Bruce is really upset now. That I know, but Bruce is a little, he's four years younger, you know. It's at that 76 mark when you start, you know, creeping towards 80. <laughs> but God, like, age goals, all of them. Yes. You know. And they all, all have left such a great legacy behind, and some of them are still performing. Oh, I know it. I wonder if Cher is going to be doing a few dates next year. I think her mom is not well. Her mom is like 96. And uh, I like that she's dating that guy, that, whoever he is, the music guy, Amber Rose's ex. Oh, I haven't kept up with all oh, yeah, Cher's personal life. She hasn't had a boyfriend for a long time that we've seen in public, so she's got one right now. A.E. Edwards? Yeah, that's his the name. The young guy, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, listen, I want to, um, I'm curious to, um, and again, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will air this Saturday night on HBO at 7 o'clock. Um, set your DVRs. I'm and here- how long do we set them for? That's that's the real question. <laughs> uh, I just taped the whole damn show. Yeah, but uh, And then I maybe guess, the next show. I was going to say, just in case. Just, yeah, in, just case in case it goes it's over. the next show, because we really don't know how long they're going to edit it to. Yeah. And Sometimes it's been five hours. They just like put the whole thing out there. Right. And that's one thing I always tell people, keep in mind that it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but it's also induction, but it's also a TV show. So they got to have star power. Yeah. And this year they had probably more star power than ever. And certainly the most diverse lineup of inductees that they've ever had. That's and then cool. you, you add in some... Uh, other people like Elizabeth Cotton, the great blues guitarist who got inducted. Harry Belafonte, the King of Calypso, was, mm-hmm. was also inducted. Cool. So there, there's a lot of different kinds of music represented yeah, this I'm, year. I'm so looking forward to that. Um, when we come back, I hope you're going to be able to Hollywood speak the Ticketmaster, Taylor Swift, <laughs> fiasco. I'm going to test you on this. I have faith you can do it, John. We'll be right back. All right, John Breen, we're going to Hollywood speak. Um, Taylor Swift broke Ticketmaster. That was trending for uh, about seven hours this morning. Yep, she broke their computers. The most popular person in the world. I know, but why... Isn't that weird that uh, they're not prepared when this is the only place we can get the tickets? Uh, it's technology, not my department. Yeah. That's what it is. I just before we go on, I just yeah. want to congratulate Yvonne, oh. our winner for, for the pink the tickets. Pink. She is very excited. Her granddaughter she took her granddaughter to her first ever concert, which was a pink concert. Aww. And then this concert happens to fall the day after her or before her daughter's birthday. So she's really excited to take her daughter, who's a huge pink fan, to the show. So she's a huge show of you guys, and I just wanted to thank yeah, her for nice. all the support. Congratulations. So, yeah. yeah, next August 10th, you'll be going to the show. So Well, oh, I thought the winner was going to be Julia Cobbs. I, I see she not eligible. <laughs> not eligible. Well, Chris Riemann Schneider, just about an hour ago, Taylor ticks have been procured. Pretty good floor seats for two fifty nine a piece, three thirty after fees, you know. For the convenience of buying them through Ticketmaster, but and I he's got, got two anyway. two daughters that, that desperately are, want to go. Yeah, of course. Oh, 
Jeez. This, yeah, it's a hot mess, that whole Ticketmaster thing. You know, getting the tickets and then they're gone. I mean, then you go back and, yeah. And the thing about tickets, and I've said this before on many occasions, it's the thrill of having the ticket that's so hard to get and the anticipation is sometimes better than the concert itself. Yes. Knowing that you have the tickets, that they're so exclusive or they were just... So challenging to get. You have them and then your next door neighbor doesn't have them or whatever, or, you know, you're. And I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. The fact that you've got them, you feel so good and you've got months before you can use them. It's June right. next year. Yeah, I know. You know, by then, you, you know, your kids probably will be interested in another pop star but they'll still go anyway yeah they will i i mean busy phillips this morning tweeted never doubt pearl jam Ticketmaster truly sucks how do they <laughs> stay in business i guess these outrageous fees monopoly, monopoly yeah, they, yeah they control the world they signed up exclusive contracts with all these venues and the venues can't work without them and really the they bring in the money to the venues and the artists, so they're not really that much in a hurry to get rid of them. Correct. And, you know, we we don't really know how they operate. I know there's been talk in Congress from time to time about doing a deep dive investigation to, to Ticketmaster. I would certainly welcome it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the fees are outrageous at times. I mean, that's it's true. It's be, it's like, you know, you don't even realize what you're getting into until you get past that point, too. It's just. Right. Works you the wrong way. Right. You know, you're like, I think I'm getting these tickets. Then all of a sudden, it's what went from 150 is now 300 dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's the that dynamic pricing they use, which is supply and demand. But the thing I've never understood: say we're not in the dynamic pricing and we're just buying on sale to some show that's not in excessive demand. Okay, so you buy the 150 dollar ticket, and the the ticket fee is is 40 dollars. Let's say, then you you buy a VIP ticket which is $1,000, and why is a ticket fee $200? Why does it cost any more to right. process and handle those tickets than it did the lower price it's tickets? It's flat-out price gouging is what it is. Seems that to me. Yeah. I agree. I, it really does. It's like uh, I mean, my dad always is, has been for the thing. He's like, Congress people should have to wear jumpsuits that have patches like NASCAR drivers of all the money they accept, who they accept money from. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so we we know where their biggest contributions are. That's cool. It's, it's so muddy. He's like, that's what they should do. If Gogo like, and her dad ran the world. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, but Taylor. Who cares if women run the world? Right. Yeah, Gogo runs the world that's with her right. dad. I mean, but basically, Taylor didn't break it. It was the demand for tickets. Is Absolutely. that what we're going to say? Yeah. But, you know, could you find a different way to handle all yeah. of this? Mm -hmm. I hope so. You know, is it necessary to put every city on sale at the same time? You know, maybe you could space them out. Well, that's what they're ending up doing now. Some of oh, these yeah, West Coast, the, the, right? the West Coast ones, they delayed by a few hours. Right. Oh, my gosh. 
I, I feel sympathy because I went through this with the Rolling Stones. And I did go through this with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Circling around, thinking I had two seats. No, I don't want to pay that much. Yeah, it's a nerve-wracking thing. And then I always worry, what if the Ticketmaster app goes down? How am I going to get in the show? Because you don't have an actual physical ticket. Uh, I'm old yes. school like that. Yes. And you know what you need to do, Lori, is what? you need to be like Gail Shore, our guest earlier in the yeah. program. Go by yourself. Go by yourself. If you're just looking for one single ticket, seriously, yeah, a lot of times it's easier to find one single ticket that than it is, is to find a pair or four tickets so or whatever. True. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be in the big group. It, yeah. Any you're concert right. is a communal event, and you'll just bond with whoever's sitting next to you, yeah. whether you know them or not. And, and I, true. I have told people that, too. If you really want to go see a show, just buy a just solo go. ticket. Buy a single yeah. ticket. Yeah, that's what you can do. Um Okay, Rihanna and Taylor Swift tied Janet Jackson's all-time one, Hot 100 record with uh, Lift Me Up and Anti-Hero. Do you know what that means? Uh, that just means that they're, you know, the number of number one songs they've had ties Janet for that. All right. Yes. They are now the only female acts to have more than t- top five hits. The only people that have more are Madonna and Mariah. Women. Yeah, right. Single names, everyone. Single names. We don't need. Uh, yeah, we don't. We don't need last names with any of them. I know we don't. That is kind of amazing. Do you like to keep track of all the statistics? Uh, I don't keep track of you all don't. the statistics, but it's interesting when someone breaks a record yeah. like that. Yeah, it's I worth noting, definitely. It is. You know, um, I mean, just like the other day when Taylor set the record, she had every single song in the top ten was a Taylor Swift song from Midnight's. I mean, that unprecedented. Drake had done nine before, right? Um, but, but Taylor did all 10. Speaking of Drake, even though he didn't enter any of his records in the Grammys, mm-hmm. he got a couple of nominations because he participated on a record by Future, which was nominated. Okay. So both Drake and um, The Weeknd, you know, not liking the way they've been treated in the Grammys, oh, did true. not submit their records for Grammys this year. And neither did Silk Sonic, one of your other favorite groups, oh, yeah. because they won last year and they decided enough. We don't need to uh, submit the same record again. I agree. I agree with that. So Jimmy Jam will not be trying to get a hold of Drake to come and perform at the, um, geez, I hope they don't get Bieber. He doesn't deserve to get a Grammy nod after dialing in all those concerts. He needs to just stay at home for a while. Yeah, I think I think he's got some issues. Yeah. Something I to mean, work out, yeah. yeah. Just uh, don't ask him to perform on the award shows. I mean, I know so many people who went to that the Beaver show and spent so much money, and they were just like, God, he didn't even want to be there. Mm-hmm. Did you go to that show when he was here? Uh, no, no. I, w- I was out of town for that one. But um, I'd say just go buy a crate of peaches <laughs> instead. <laughs> well said. Well said. Preferably from Georgia. Honestly. And a London tattoo studio is offering to remove Kanye West tattoos for free. (laughs) That's great. From him or just the rest of the world. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, man. That's great. Oh, John. Thanks for Hollywood speaking. We've got to play Pop Culture Jeopardy Jeopardy next. I really hope it's not music related or I'm going to get my butt kicked. Uh Uh Uh-oh. You'll be all right. All right. We'll see. We'll be back with Rocco. 
For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. 